It's the starting fullback in William Henderson. Desmond Howard was a Super Bowl MVP, for goodness sake. He returned three punts for a touchdown during the regular season. They had an aging but steady kicker and a really good punter in Craig Hendrick. That's the last time special teams really stood out as being an impressive unit to me. It's not been that way since Ted Thompson arrived in 2005. Brian Gutekunst is a student of Ted Thompson. I think there needs to be an organizational shift in philosophy. If I'm a coordinator looking for a job, special teams coordinator, I ain't coming to Green Bay. It's where coordinators go to die. Because I think the lack of resources committed to that unit in its entirety, it caught up with the Packers tonight. There needs to be a shift in philosophy. Not necessarily a change in coordinator, although that can certainly be argued. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. A special teams disaster and anemic offense doomed the Packers on a snowy night at Lambeau Field. Green Bay season ends with a 13-10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Welcome back to Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella now, pay later at Pella Windows and Doors. Five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 1 o'clock at 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, get back to your thoughts in just a moment here. We'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves all along the Packers radio network. You're listening to WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee, a good karma brand station. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. Packers marched down the field, 10 plays, 69 yards in 5 minutes, 35 seconds to take a 7 nothing lead in tonight's game. They would just score three points the rest of the way as San Francisco took advantage of several special teams' miscues and did enough to stay alive in this game, ultimately producing one touchdown. That was via special teams. The 49er offense did not get into the end zone tonight against Joe Barry's defense. Frustrating in so many ways, the Packers lost and season-ending defeat. Mark is in the nation's capital, joining us next on Packers OT. Mark, thank you for holding. Hey, thanks a lot. I have been a Packer fan for more than 50 years. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tonight was bad, ugly, and shockingly haunting, and I'll tell you why, is that on Aaron Rodgers' face, I saw the same tired, bewildered look, ashen white, that was on Brett Favre's face on his very last game when he too choked. And I just have this terrible feeling it's not just the end of a season, it's the end of an era. And I fear the next era will be a return to mediocrity. And I would like to hear from you why I'm wrong, because I really want a reason to believe, but I'm disheartened. Yeah, I, Mark, I, I wish I could lighten your spirits a little bit here, but, yeah, I, this season more than any, right? There, there's more questions than answers going into the off season, and, and it's it's hard to wrap your arms around it, right? I mean, when the, when you have that clear vision of this team will be back next year, 
you ultimately, right, you get by the loss. You feel, okay, all right, well, it's that was painful, but you get excited about the draft. You get excited about free agency. I don't know what those feelings are going to be this year, a month from now, a month and a half from now, when, when ultimately things sort of shake out and we have a better understanding of what Aaron Rodgers' plans are. Um, it, it's never really been in question as much as it is today. And it's been that way all season. But you're willing to defer those thoughts and feelings because the team is playing well. And it looks like they have a legit shot. In 2019, when the Packers went to Santa Clara to face the 49ers, I didn't think the Packers had a shot in that game. The 49ers were by far and away the better team. It was not even close, in my opinion. I had the same feeling when Mike McCarthy took the Packers to the NFC Championship game in Atlanta a couple years prior. That Atlanta team boat raced the Green Bay Packers. The Packers' offense had to be perfect in order to win that game, and they had some issues. Uh, The defense was not a strong unit, and they could not stop Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. We remember how that game planned out. This year I felt different. The Packers are a better team than the 49ers. I I still believe that. And this game was in their sights to win. And that's, I guess, what makes this uh, all the more disappointing and frustrating is that it, it feels like the better team did not win. The more opportunistic team certainly did. They took advantage of miscues, and Kyle Shanahan knows full well that the Packers' special teams are the worst, the worst, in the National Football League. That's not hyperbole. That's according to the rankings of Rick Oslin, who is the he is the keeper of all things special teams. He has yearly rankings, and the Packers rank number 32. In fact, they've been 26 or worse 11 times. 11 times since Goslin started his rankings in the uh, early 2000s. So that's problematic, and, and that speaks to the organizational issue that I believe special teams really is, more so than a coordinator issue. Why is there reason to be optimistic? I don't know if I can give you any at this point, because it really hinges on the quarterback. And without Aaron Rodgers, I'd love to get behind Jordan Love and say, man, here we go. The next great quarterback's about to take over, but I can't say that definitively. I have no idea. I like Jordan Love. I think he's got some talent, for sure, and would love to see what he could do when he really cuts it loose and has opportunity to command this offense. But, you know, one guy's a Hall of Famer, and the other guy has, you know, started one game in his NFL career. So it's there's a huge dichotomy there, huge difference between the two players. So it's going to affect your excitement level going into next season if the Packers have to move on without Aaron Rodgers. That's a big if. We don't know. Um, but we've never had to question it as much as we do today. Kevin joins us next from West Bend. I appreciate you holding, Kevin. You're on Packers OT. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a quick comment, and then I just had a question about or some thoughts about Matt LaFleur. Um, I get an argument all the time with my friends that the NFC North is one of the worst divisions in football. Minnesota, Chicago, um, Detroit. They're always rebuilding. They're never good. They're always tripping over themselves. So really the North is always basically the Packers to lose. It's been that way for the last 10 years. Um, Matt LaFleur has been kind of, you know, this offensive guru, Lombardi reborn. But then when we get to the postseason, this team does not look good. They fall flat. If they do win, they, you know, it's, it's not, they don't look good when they play. So I guess I, what are your thoughts about how much Matt LaFleur plays into this? And what's going to happen when with Matt LaFleur when he doesn't have Rodgers, he doesn't have a great receiving core anymore? You know, Where do you think this team's next steps are going to be when we lose some of those players? 
Yeah, Kevin, I appreciate the phone call. Um, I, you know, the NFC North is not a great division. I, I think we all know that. I look at the schedule this year, and, and there are several playoff teams the Packers knocked off, including the Bengals, who are going to the AFC Championship game. I, I get it. That was a strange game and a wild game in Cincinnati, but it was still a road win over a team that is still alive in the NFL playoffs. They beat Arizona. They beat San Francisco, team that got them here tonight. Again, a narrow victory, but a victory and on the road and in prime time. That, that's a signature win. They beat the Rams, right? I mean, they've had success against teams outside of the division, that are worth a darn, and in some cases still alive. So I, I don't think I don't think the Packers are fools gold. I don't look at their record and say, well, it's just a product of the division. Uh, in fact, they weren't great against the division. They had two losses, which is somewhat uncommon in Matt Lafleur's short time in Green Bay. I think Matt Lafleur expects his quarterback to play like an MVP come postseason time. And if I look back at the games that Aaron Rodgers has played with Matt Lafleur as his head coach in the postseason. They had a victory at Lambeau Field over Seattle in the divisional round where I thought Aaron played pretty well. He was clean, at least. Remember, Seattle kind of made a, a furious comeback at the end, but it, it wasn't enough, and the Packers were able to seal that with a, a defensive play and a couple interesting reviews and whatnot. Uh, replay helped to uh, end that game a little bit as well. But then Aaron struggled the next game. That was at San Francisco. Remember last year? He didn't play great against the Rams. He certainly didn't play great against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And then again tonight, I, I thought Aaron was a mess. If I'm being candid, I, I thought he was an absolute mess. So if you're Matt LaFleur and you think you've got an MVP quarterback, right? Like the awards are, he's running out of room for these MVP trophies. He's going to have a fourth. So you're thinking you can put the weight of the world on your quarterback and he will carry you to victory because he's done it throughout the regular season. But no, he does not have that signature performance in the playoffs under Matt LaFleur. So what are you as Matt LaFleur supposed to do? All of a sudden just you know, lean on the run? Or, or just do something different with Aaron Rodgers? No, it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, man. You ride him because he's your MVP. But he has not played like an MVP quarterback in any game in the postseason where Matt LaFleur has been the head coach. He's not. He's been clean in some of those games, but he's not been otherworldly. Last year against Tampa Bay, didn't go very well. Tonight, it was sloppy, Aaron Rodgers. That's what I saw. So what do you do if you're Matt LaFleur? Do you bail on what got you to the postseason? No, you you ride Aaron Rodgers. I I don't blame him one bit for that. So I don't hang it on LaFleur. I really don't. And if you wonder about the offense, I love Matt LaFleur's offense. I think it's really interesting. And I think there's more there, too. There's more to be untapped, for sure. Mike McCarthy's offense got stale. It got stagnant. It was line up, five wide, you beat your man one-on-one, go for it. Matt LaFleur's offense is more about scheming guys open, and I think he does a great job of that. So I like the offense. I like the system, and I like how Aaron performs within the system. But in the postseason, he has not had a signature performance in any of the games he has quarterbacked with Matt LaFleur as his head coach. He just he hasn't. Just go look back. I'm looking at all the numbers right now. It's There's not one game that is truly eye-popping from a quarterback who has routinely, over the years, had eye-popping performances. 855-616-1620, if you would like to join us here. Let's talk to Barry in California. Barry, I appreciate you holding and staying up with us here on Packers OT. 
Thank you so much, Greg, for taking my call. Um, needless to say, I'm extremely devastated and disappointed by the loss. Um, I was of the opinion, especially living out here in California, that if we beat the, the 49ers, I thought we are going to be the true test. And then wouldn't it be ironic that if we played the Rams, so then we can go and play a Super Bowl in California. The 49ers scared me. Uh, their coach scares me. And when we first came out and the way we mixed it up on offense, we had A.J. Dillon, we had Aaron Jones, we were hitting Devontae. Um, everything looked great. And then after that, you all of a sudden got a feeling they were not capitalizing. They just were not capitalizing on opportunities, whether it be possible interceptions, uh, conversion plays and everything. Um, of course, the, the, the block field goal and, and everything else. You just had a feeling that the so-called Lambo mystique, which everyone always talks about, but I think since that first loss, that ever first loss on that Saturday night game against Atlanta with Michael Vick, I think, and you can correct me if we're wrong, what are we, something like 7-7, and 8-8? Seven, eight and eight? But I was worried about this game. I thought the offense after the first drive was extremely, extremely bland, not innovative. I, I was surprised that there weren't more quick throws, uh, other, other sort of plays, and I just thought that we went into a shell. And when we were down 7 nothing, up 7 nothing at the half, I figured, you know what? This is our game to lose. We could lose this game. And reminiscent of that game when we played several years ago against the 49ers and Colin Kaepernick, exactly what happened. They went down and they kicked the field goal and the game was over. So are there changes that are required for this team, Greg? I think absolutely. Are there changes going to be made? That's the nature of the business. But this was one of the most disappointing losses in recent times because of the season we had. Even this last dancing, just the fact of all the magical players that played, Devontae Campbell and so on down the line, Rashul Douglas, people he didn't even know about, and they really contributed. And we, again, had home field advantage. I'll take your comments off the end. One final comment. I really enjoy your show. Every week I try to call in. You really are a great way to, to, to kind of tap off a, a, a day of listening to Packer football, and I continue and will continue to listen to you in the future. You really just do make a, a great show. Thanks so much. Barry, I appreciate the kind words uh, very much. Uh, that does mean a lot to me. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to, to do this program each and every week, and, and I certainly do not take it for granted. So thank you for saying that and being a part of our show. Um, I, I, I think a lot of your points are well taken. Um, I, I really do. There, there was a lull after the Mercedes Lewis fumble with this offense. They just could not get on track, and it, it, it took that pop play from Aaron to Aaron for 75 yards. I mean, that, that looked like a drive that was going nowhere. Um, you know, the Packers had the ball. It was under a minute left, one timeout, and they had a three-yard run on first down. I was thinking, what are they doing here? Like, and Matt LaFleur is just, he's conceding. He's saying, we're not going to let that pass rush get after our quarterback and even risk a safety here in, in getting points on the board. So you're at the four-yard line. You get a three-yard rush, very conservative play, and then San Francisco calls a timeout. Oh, we might get the ball back here with, you know, 30-some-odd seconds left, and we've got to find a way to get points on the board. Now, I thought that was a mistake by Kyle Shanahan. And on third and three with 40 seconds left, boom, the field is flipped. 75 yards the other way. Now you're at the 14-yard line, and Aaron takes a sack. And then at second and 16, they have to clock it because they don't have any timeouts. Now it's third and 16. Well, just line up for the field goal and let's get out of Dodge. 39 yards, it is blocked. So instead of 10 nothing at the half, it is 7 nothing at the half. Points were taken off the board because of special teams. 
points were put on the board for San Francisco because of special teams directly, right? I mean, there's no proxy kind of thing here, right? Directly, special teams directly affected the scoreboard tonight. 855-616-1620. As uh, we continue here, Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Jennings in motion to the right, snap to Garoppolo in the shotgun, tight pocket, hit from behind, sack for the third time tonight, and again it was Rashawn Gary. Nine and a half sacks this season to lead the team. He has two tonight, loss of six, fourth down. Clip notes at Great Clips do not involve a yellow flag. No, Great Clips saves your details so you can get the look you love no matter which stylus or salon you visit. Download the app to schedule your greatness at your convenience. Rashawn Gary, tonight's Great Clips player of the game. He was a wrecking ball tonight. Two sacks of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, really a tremendous season for Rashawn Gary. Remember, the Packers played the bulk of the season without Zadarius Smith. He played just 18 snaps in the regular season. Did come back and record a sack tonight to his credit. Uh, but Gary was too much for the 49ers offensive line to handle. He is our great Clips, great player of the game. And really, it's a, a hat tip to the defense in general. They did not allow a touchdown tonight. You know, the Packers defense did not allow a touchdown. Yet it's the Packers season that ends on a snowy night at Lambeau Field. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's check in with Matt in Burlington. Appreciate you holding Matt. You're on Packers OT. Hi, thanks for taking my call and uh, all the other great callers that are uh, calling in. First, I want to say the defense did an amazing job. I couldn't be more proud of them. It was a joy to watch. Uh, it had me on the edge of my seat. But I have three quick points. First one is I noticed a lot of Aaron Rodgers' passes after that very first drive of like four or five minutes or whatever it was that there were shoestring catches that the receivers had to go down for and get the ball many, 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 many times. I'm thinking to myself, it's very hard to get any yak if you've got to go and dive to the ground and pick up a ball instead of hitting somebody in full stride where they can move down the field, you know, at full momentum. That was number one. Number two, basically the, the Packers need Rodgers more than Rodgers needs the Packers, and that puts him in the driver's seat, which is sad because he didn't seem to have a lot of enthusiasm or energy or any kind of desire to, to you know, see this thing through tonight. And the last thing I want to say is if I came to you this morning and said, do you want to make a bet against me, that the Packers can win the game if they just get two touchdowns. I mean, come on, think about it, two touchdowns. Who would have thought that wasn't possible with Aaron Rodgers, an MVP quarterback, you know, not getting 14 points? And they can't get it done, and they lose. They let the 49ers linger around long enough with mediocre offensive playing, very vanilla, much like the McCarthy era where, you know, you just kind of get complacent. We knew they had to start strong, and they did, they did. But they missed the memo. They had to keep playing, you know, and, and they just let up. And it's just it's very frustrating. And it's going to be a long off season. Honestly, I don't care if Rogers stays or goes right now. I'm really indifferent because I saw a lot of attitude issues with him there, or at least lack of effort. That I'm very discouraged by. So I'll hang up and listen to your uh, your response. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Matt. Thanks for holding. You know, I, I don't, I don't know about the effort thing. I, I think Aaron's always got kind of a an even keel sort of demeanor about him himself and I, I think that ultimately that's part of what makes him a great quarterback i just didn't think he played well I, I don't think he played well at all tonight you know touchdown on that first drive there was rhythm there was balance there, there was everything you'd hope to see after a uh, you know a week off and 
Yes, rested and ready to rock is is my thought after watching that first drive. But after that, it goes fumble, punt, 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 and a field goal block to end the half. Oof, right? I mean, that that's how it all started. And he had one drive of substance in the second half, and, and it was critical. I mean, it ended up over nine minutes. It's, it, it was impressive. It started in the third quarter. It ended in the fourth quarter with a 33-yard field goal. But that was another opportunity where... I mean, you're sitting at the seven-yard line on, on first and goal. First and goal from the seven, and you get two yards. Okay, second and goal from the five. Here we go. False start of Dennis Kelly. Now you're at second and goal from the ten. And it's a two-yard pass play to Aaron Jones? What is that? Third and goal from the eight. Sack. Dennis Kelly allowed the lineman through, and, and that was it. So you had to settle for a field goal, and you were probably on the edge of your seat watching that field goal operation occur. So I, there were a couple of occasions where the Packers really stubbed their toe. And, you know, false start penalties don't really seem like drive killers, but, my God, were they tonight. Alan Lazard had one in the first half. It turned a third and three into a third and eight. Aaron Rodgers was sacked. Kind of predictable, right? You're going to pass the ball on third and eight. The playbook is not wide open. And then again, when you've got a goal-to-go situation, it's third and goal. You're at the eight-yard line, very similar situation. And, you know, Dennis Kelly can't hold his own. It was kind of a rough drive for him. And Aaron Rodgers is sacked, and he settled for the field goal. Uh, still, you're up 10-3 to with a defense that had not caved, really, in any way. But ultimately, there were a couple of occasions on that final drive. You'd love to, the defense would love to have another crack at Debo Samuel, I'm sure, on third and seven when he rushes for you know, 10 yards to ultimately put the Niners in field goal position. But I'm not hanging this one on the defense. Yeah, that was a that was a play you'd love to have back, I'm sure. But I, this is about the offense's inability to score a touchdown in 54 minutes after that opening drive touchdown and the absolute brutal display of special teams that we saw tonight. I really don't know how else to put it. It's been a mess all season long, dead last in the rankings, Everybody knows it. They dare the Packers to return. And the return game was actually decent tonight. The coverage unit struggled a little bit. And, of course, the kicking game was abhorrent. Uh, Corey Bohorquez, if you're looking for a special teams MVP of the season, he's it. The punter that you found um, in replacing J.K. Scott. But that was about it. That is about it. And I don't know how you get 10 men on the field when a game-winning field goal is going through the uprights. 10 men on the field. 10. Tyler's in Appleton, joining us next in Packers OT. Hi, Tyler. All right, Tyler does not hear us. We're just going to move on. In fact, we'll step aside here real quick. We'll come back and head into the locker room here. Larry McCarron standing by with a couple of players from tonight's game. It's a painful one. It is a painful one. I know you've got a long ways to get home. It's snowy outside. Traffic still looks a little bit locked up in spots, so hang with me. We'll get you to 1 o'clock here. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Corey Bajorquez down on one knee, arm extended, snap, placement, kick to the uprights, and it is good! First points for the Packers since the opening drive of the game. 11.27 to go in the game, Packers 10, Niners 3. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,500 this postseason to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. 
So $1,500 tacked on to the 25000 that was donated throughout the season. Let's make it a total here, $26,500 donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Had to been another field goal by Mason Crosby. Who knows what we would be talking about here tonight, maybe talking about you know, handpicking the opponent for the Packers to come for the NFC Championship game, uh, given tomorrow's matchup between the Rams and Buccaneers. Sadly, however, that is not the crux of the conversation. Packers fall in just gut-wrenching style once again here. Season's over after a 13-10 loss to the 49ers. Dan is in Illinois. He's next on Packers OT. Hello, Dan. Hey, how you doing? I'm obviously disappointed at the result here, but I just want to I agree with many things you said, including about the organizational philosophy on special teams. But what I can't let you say is that it's not a coaching problem because that block punt, the long snapper, who's now protected by the rules, no one can be across from him, snaps the ball and gets bull rushed by someone who was to his right. And the other player who's right next to him doesn't engage at all, doesn't give him any protection. If you've got coaching, you'd know that you'd protect your long snapper in that situation. And I'd say the same thing on the field goal. You had two end rushers who were both very quick guys, very light guys from San Francisco, on the right side of their formation, left side of the field goal unit. And the end guy rushes wide as he will, and the second guy inside of him jumps between two blockers to get the block. And, again, a coach can make a difference there. And maybe you're right. Maybe no good special teams coach wants to come to Green Bay. That may be true. But the, the fact is, here, here's the only thing I would say on this, is we watched it all season. We had the worst special teams units pretty much all season. And somebody like Matt LaFleur, who I have a great deal of respect for, I really do support Matt LaFleur as a coach, should have put his foot down and said, you know what, we have to make a change. Or, or he should have, as much as it would have been painful, he should have spent the time to say, coach, Teach these guys. you got to teach them. They may not be the best players, but even a college kid you could take off of any campus anywhere, even a Division three campus, if you line them up next to your long snapper and you tell them you're his protector, that block punt never happens. Hey, Dan, let me, I, I, I'm with you there. How do you know Matt LaFleur didn't have a conversation with Brian Gutekunst about that? <laughs> that's a fair, very fair, very fair point. As you, and that's, I have a great deal of respect for you and your show, and, and I love TMJ. I go back to the 60s with the Packers. I just, you know, it, it just, it breaks my heart to see a team. And, I, and by the way, I agree with the, the caller who said it's probably time. I, I remember I thought it was time for, for Favre when it was time for Favre. And I got that same feeling tonight in watching Aaron because I think it is time. I think the whole drama from the off season, and then the drama in the middle of the season. I think, unfortunately, it's probably time that he goes. You know, we find now. Unfortunately, I don't even know if whatever we did in his contract allows us to actually get anything for him anymore. The way at least we got something for Favre, and we also could call the shot as to where Favre landed that first season, as opposed to having him being in Minnesota right away. Um, but, but. But you're right. I, it's fair to say maybe maybe Matt did do that. Uh, but but uh, but if he did, then 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 I can understand how I saw his interview on TV and I heard it on on TMJ, and he, he was clearly you know destroyed by you know in, internally taking a lot of responsibility for what happened. So maybe he did, and that's why he felt even more responsibility. But ultimately, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I can agree with you that we don't put the right players and, and we don't invest on the on the special teams. It's clear from '05 on. But but again, this is a fundamental teaching thing. 
quite honestly, if if I was coaching on the sideline before that punt, I'd have said anybody who's getting run over, just pull them down, just go ahead and hold, because you know what, that's still going to be a better result than what happened. Yeah, Dan, I really appreciate the phone call. Thank you. And, and you know, I I bring this up to just a, a kind of a devil's advocate, I guess, approach, but. I don't know if he did or not. I don't know if Matt LaFleur had that conversation with Brian Gutekunst saying, I, I want to put some of our studs on special teams because I think we need it. You know, there was a time, I think, you know, later in the year where you saw Rasul Douglas running around, you saw Kevin King on the field, and, and they get meaningful snaps throughout the regular season. But, but special teams has become not special, right? I mean, in the history of Packers special teams, there have been specialists. I mean, true specialists. Desmond Howard was a specialist. He was an incredible returner. He was not much for a wide receiver, but they devoted resources to keep him because he was unbelievable at returning the football. Just incredible. One of the best the NFL's ever seen. You also had your starting fullback, William Henderson, playing special teams. So now it's... Shamar, Gene Charles, Isaiah McDuffie, any other rookie you want to throw in there, right? It's just, it's a collectionary for the inexperienced, and it's not taken seriously to me. And the coordinator's hands are tied behind his back with the personnel he can use. Now, the other side of it is this, and I think you're spot on. What we saw tonight from the Packers special teams, and really throughout the season, it's been a mess. We know that. But the kinds of things we saw tonight, 10 men on the field, when the game-winning field goal is sailing through the uprights, it's unacceptable. To me, that is coaching. And your point about the block punt, I think, is well taken. To me, that is that is coaching. That is reps. That is you know doing things so many times throughout the course of the regular season where it becomes second nature, and you do, you handle your business and move on. But teams attack the Packers special teams because they know it is the weakest unit of the team. And historically, in the NFL, coordinators do not survive. Brutal performances like this. I think about Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin was not back as the defensive coordinator for the Packers this season. What happened to Mike Pettin's defense in 2019? The 49ers are still running. What happened to Mike Pettin's defense last season in the NFC Championship game? Breakdown at the end of the half, allowing a long touchdown pass to a speedy ride receiver against a non-speedy quarterback. And he just got caught flat-footed. Mike Pettin did not come back. These mistakes, when they happen, you can't sweep them under the rug when they're on this big of a stage. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Into the locker room we go on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers under center. And he takes, gives to Dylan up the middle, picks his way, cutting left to the goal line, drives in for the touchdown. A.J. Dillon, six-yard touchdown run, and the Packers strike first. Was somebody talking about a fast start? I think we just saw one. For every Packers touchdown scored this postseason, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. That means total donation of $2,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger today to feed families in Wisconsin. And Sargento, a great partner throughout the season, 
did great work in helping benefit the Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Let's talk to Casey in Shawano. I appreciate you holding, Casey. You're on Packers OT. Hey, how are you? Good. Casey, go ahead. Um, So we keep talking about the special teams, and I mean, yeah, they're terrible, but at the end of the day, it still looks forward to we were the number one seed, and we only scored 10 points, and we let the lowest seed score 13 on us. I mean, it's just, at the end of the day, I feel like, yeah, our special teams have always been bad. You touched on it before, but like Desmond Howard and even like Don Beebe, even Travis Jervy back in the day, we don't have anything like that. So it's hard to always relate back to us thinking that special teams should be good. But, like, our offense totally laid an egg. Like, the last time we scored like that was at the beginning of the season, which we all were thrown in the grinder with the media and everything like that, and then we started coming to ourselves, and we just give it up like that. So it's just hard to look at the season like that, and what do you do? Do we end up with a Dak Prescott who doesn't know how to – control the play clock at the end of a game or do we keep Aaron Rodgers and pay him which I mean that guy's a clock manager he can get us out of games but we can't win one supposedly with him it's just really like where do we go from here it's hard I don't know it's a long season and then we sit here then we gotta deal with the Brewers or something laying an egg (laughs) right I will we'll have a little more clarity, I would imagine, by the time March rolls around, Casey. I appreciate the phone call. I, that's my guess, right? Aaron Rodgers is going to make up his mind what he wants to do. I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers retiring. I, I really don't. That's my gut feeling. Um, but I'm certainly not convinced he's going to be back in the Packers uniform next year. I, I don't have a great sense about that. Uh, it's a beautiful mystery, as one might put it. Tom, uh, excuse me, Tony joins us next in Waukesha. Tony, you are on Packers OT. Thank you for calling. Hello, this is Tony DiPiazza from Waukesha, Wisconsin, Packers superfan. Um, obviously, the Packers special teams tonight and all season has been a problem. Um, Murray Strayton has had some struggles, especially tonight and the Bears game. I thought it was done for him. But Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, has taken a lot of interviews from various different teams, including the Vikings, the Bears, the Jaguars, and I think the Falcons. What do you guys think about that and how that has affected tonight's gameplay? I don't think it's affected it in any way. Zero. Nathaniel Hackett interviewing for head coaching positions. He did it during the bye week. He he was not... He was not interviewing for head coaching positions um, as the lead-up to the uh, the actual game tonight. I, I think it had absolutely nothing to do with, with what you saw tonight. Zero. All right. Ryan's next in Howard's Grove. Ryan, you're on Packers OT. Hey, thanks, Greg. Yeah, there, a couple things. You know, everyone's beating the dead horse about special teams, and it's it's one of those things where we've all cringed as Packer fans all year round whether it's, you know, Amari Rogers, you know, dropping a, 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 you know, a a punt recovery or whatever it might be, you know, but at the end of the day, there's more to 
to the game that I think we lost. And, and me personally, I think there's a part of it that all these activations from IR sporadically that we didn't think we were going to get back, Merciless, you know, uh, Smith, Cobb, last minute we bring back, the, you know, we, we as Packer fans are hopeful, hey, this is awesome, we get them all back. But what did that do to the locker room? Did that throw everything off kilter? You know, and I, I think a lot of the people are talking about, you know, they're blaming coaches, and, and there's probably some blame to be had there. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, is it the players? Is it things thrown off kilter because of these people coming back? Again, we all knew, the coaches knew, the team knew, special teams is absolutely horrible. We all cringe, you know, when we got to get punts or kickoffs. Are they going to even catch the ball? So what's your thoughts on that? Isaac Yadam was let go as part of the the moves to get Whitney Merciless and Zadarius Smith back on the active roster. Um, I, he's a special teamer and a, a depth cornerback who lost his starting role um, after the Jair Alexander injury. I you talk about putting difference makers back on the field, right? I mean, it, that, I think you you're okay with letting a, a, a guy who's Practically uh, all he does is play special teams go the first time he sees Zadarius Smith sack the quarterback. You know, I think that that, that paid off, I think, ultimately. Um, and, and the areas of concern for the Packers special teams tonight, you know, that's not typically an area where you, you'd see Isaac Yottam anyway. You know, middle of the line on uh, punts. Field goal block team, yeah, he's, he's not really in that mix. Uh, that's just one example of a player who I know was let go uh, to help make room for Zadarius Smith to come back to the roster. It could have been his last game tonight as well in a Packers uniform. Um, I think part of his frustration throughout the year was that he didn't really have any discussions with the Packers about a long-term deal, and he's certainly been a productive free agent signing by Brian Gutekunst, but um, they started to prioritize some other players ahead of Zadarius Smith, and I think that bothered him a little bit. And uh, he had an impact on tonight's game early on in, in making sure the crowd stayed in it after that touchdown, recording a sack on third and 12, uh, third and 10, excuse me. The Niners were off the field. That was a three and out, and the Packers were grooving. Oh, it all came to an end here tonight at Lambeau Field, unfortunately. 855-616-1620. Got one more segment left in the program. We'll wrap things up after this. Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. You know, I'm going to take some time and, and uh, have conversations with the folks around here and then take some time away and make a decision. And obviously, before free agency or anything kind of gets going on that front. The words of Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers following tonight's heartbreaking loss to the San Francisco 49ers, 13-10 the final. And of course, Rodgers' future, a big discussion point now, and that is really the story. Um, special teams was a disaster tonight. The offense anemic after that first quarter touchdown. Defense outstanding. Aaron Rodgers' future in the NFL and in Green Bay is the story until it's resolved. That is it. That, that's all that should matter to Packers fans at this point. How is this team going to be shaped going into next season? Um, there will be some changes, right, with personnel, perhaps coaches. Happens every year. The soup always tastes a little different, but the main ingredient in the Packers' soup since 2008 when he became a full-time starter, that's been Aaron Rodgers, and that is a significant ingredient to the soup for the Green Bay Packers. And for the first time, really, since Rodgers became a starter, 
we now look at that and sort of hold our breath, you know, like we did during the Brett Favre years. But I think this will get resolved uh, a little bit sooner. This will not be a <laughs> drag it out till training camp sort of kind of thing. But it uh, it's going to make for an interesting end of the winter season. That's for sure. Thirteen ten, the final Packers. OT, it's presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's uh, grab another phone call here. We have got Greg in Hurley joining us next. Greg, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. Great talking to you again. I want to thank you for all the pleasure I've gotten from listening to your show. I mean, you've made game days, you know, fun, win or lose, and not many, I think, fans can say that. And uh, how many post-game shows do we get that even stretching in the next morning? I mean, it's just been great. Thank you so much. But, you yeah, know, I think you, there's a lot to be excited about. A lot to be excited about. I mean, who would have thought that we would have ever seen this type of depth on the offensive line this year come in with the bang-ups and whatnot when we uh, lost Jenkins and whatnot and the depth on the defense. So I don't know where they're sitting on who's an unrestricted free agent but they've got to have some trade bait. And, you know, you get Dylan coming back. you got Aaron Jones coming back. you got Bobby Tunyon coming back. Hopefully um, Jenkins comes back from his knee surgery okay, maybe better than Bach coming back from his. But I think there's a lot to be excited about on this team yet. And, you know, when you look at the quarterback, we always got – it went so fast, the Roger era. So many great memories. But you know what? I agree with what everybody's saying tonight. For some reason, he just doesn't have the heart of that champion. I hate to say it, but in these games, in the and when you get in the tournament, it just hasn't worked out. And I think it's time to move on. We've all, I, I watched the game tonight, and his second and third receivers often were wide open, and he just kept looking for Adams, looking for Adams, looking for Adams. I understand they got a deep friendship. He's trying to feed them. They're trying to get their contracts for next year. He lives in the McAfee, and A.J. telling him he's going to get $50 million a year. I don't know who's going to pay him that, you know, when you don't get the rings. That's, you know, that's sort of neither here nor there. But, you know, if you bought David Carr in, you know, Devontae Adams would play for, for Carr. He's come out and said that. You, maybe you get a trade package with Oakland. They've talked about maybe they'd be willing to move him. If you can't get Carr, get Marcus Mariota. He's a Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the same type of player with a better set of legs. You don't need a lot. Well, how much did Garoppolo throw his deepest pass tonight? Did somebody say 10 yards? You just, you know, you need a playmaker. You need somebody like Aaron Jones and a quarterback, a heart of a champion. And, you know, I love Aaron. I love everything he's did. But there does seem to be like there's getting to be a little bit of drama. And uh, so I'm happy to move on. Oh, yeah, and, and there's, there's always a little bit of drama when you're talking about a, a guy of Aaron Rodgers' stature and his, you know, level of outspokenness. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised the season played out the way it, it did. I wasn't, you know, able to predict all the things that were going to happen. That would have been impossible. Um, but, you know, it's what happens at quarterback next season is the story in the NFL. It is the offseason story. Where is Aaron going to play next year if he decides to play? And I think he will. Uh, and I don't think it's because of tonight's game. I don't think he looks at tonight and says, I can't go out like that. I just can't go out like that. It sounds good to say. It sounds good to feel. I just don't believe that's the case. I think Rodgers is pretty good at compartmentalizing things and you know stepping away. Um, and, and he's got an understanding of the bigger picture. And where he goes, 
He's going to make some team better, that is for sure. But as we've outlined tonight, it has not worked well for Aaron Rodgers in the postseason, aside of that magical run that led to a Super Bowl over a decade ago. It's been rough, and tonight was a a rough game for Aaron Rodgers. He admitted it following the contest. We are out of time on tonight's program. I want to thank everybody for being a part of our program each and every week here on the Packers Radio Network. This is not a job I take for granted. This is an incredible platform, and it's been my honor and privilege to speak to you after each and every game. But rest assured, you are the pulse of this program, not me. I get it from point A to point B. I get us in and out of breaks. I try and engage in discussion. But you are the pulse of this program. You have always been the pulse of this program and will continue to be the pulse of this program moving forward. I want to thank you for my heart for another outstanding season. Win or lose in being a part of this journey with me, um, a journey that started in 2011. There is no better engineer than Scott Pfeiffer on the Packers Radio Network. Ashton Rotman, Greg Hill, Evan Wattels, and our incredibly talented producer crew has been outstanding throughout this season, as they are each and every season. Next year is a new year, and the league year officially begins in March. And around that time, we might have a better understanding of what Aaron Rodgers' plans are for next year and perhaps even where he will be playing football. I hope it's in Green Bay. I really do. Because I'm just not ready to let it die. 13-10 the final. The Packers' season ends on a snowy night at Lambeau Field. For the final time this season, we are signing off. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Thank you for listening to the Packers Radio Network.